Hello and welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast from Cornerstones Education. This is a show that serves up news, tips and information for primary school leaders and teachers, all in the time it takes to squeeze in a quick biscuit break or a short commute. I'm Ian Broom and today I'm joined by Catherine Scutt, Amy McCaw and Laura Bell, who are all curriculum consultants at Cornerstones. This will be another episode in our short series on building a broad and balanced curriculum. We've already looked at what it actually means um, and why it's important. Uh, we've had an episode which is which was all about uh, planning, and today we're going to talk about timetabling and making sure that you get your national curriculum coverage when you're putting together a broad and balanced curriculum. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Um, so. My first question is um, is about timetabling, really. So the idea of a broad and balanced curriculum, what sort of effect might that have uh, when you're putting a timetable together? Well, if you're trying to timetable across curricular curriculum, so if you're aiming to mix your subjects together, there might be quite a few um, issues with timetabling that you need to actually talk about as a whole school. And it is a whole school plan that you need to put together, especially if you're used to timetabling specific subjects at specific times because a cross-curricular curriculum doesn't have those barriers and it doesn't have those timings so if you're used to a geography lesson every Wednesday from half past one to half past two that timetable is not going to work for uh, mixing your lessons together and teaching cross-curricular lessons so you have to think first of all about the things that you must put in your timetable at specific times, like your PE lesson. You might have an ITC, ICT suite that you need to use at a certain time and make sure that that is taken into account and you've put that in your timetable. But then you need to start thinking about being flexible with your time. Some of your sessions might only take 20 minutes to teach to get the point across and finish the work. But then some sessions like art lessons or if you're doing a DT project or a science investigation, you might have to take an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to do those sessions and make them really worthwhile. So actually, timetabling might be something you do every single week. You might write a different timetable for every week to fit in with the subjects that you know you need to teach that week. I think in terms of English and maths as well, um, the time's usually protected for those subjects on your timetable. So it's about making the most of the opportunities across curricular links with those subjects and um, reflecting that in your planning in terms of making the detailed links between curriculum subjects and English and maths um, and then also reflecting that in your timetabling. Like, for example, thinking about using a text in your English that might link to your topic on the ocean and then also just noting in your planning and timetabling how that will link to your other curriculum areas as well. Yeah, making sure that your literacy text actually fits in with the work you're doing in the rest of the curriculum that week will make sure that they understand the geography work or the science work that they're doing, but then they will also understand the literacy features that you're actually teaching that week. So yeah, it, it, it is really important to make sure you think about your timetable. But also, I think the three of us as teachers, we can remember all those times when we were hijacked in our timetable because somebody's mum would come in and do some sewing with the class all afternoon or uh, some theatre group would have been booked in. And I would just say it's important to, to plan together as a whole school so your time doesn't get hijacked by other things that, that you don't plan for and you really keep on track and make sure that you deliver the learning that you've planned in your whole school curriculum and deliver it every week. So if we go on to talk about covering um, the national curriculum, having a, a flexible approach is, is fine, but how do you 
make sure that you've still taught a broad and balanced range of subjects? How do you keep track of what's going on? Well, it is a bit more difficult to keep track of what's going on when you have a cross-curricular approach, because if you were teaching uh, separate sessions every week, then it's quite easy to keep a track of what you're doing. All you do is you teach your lesson, uh, teach the objective, and then you've covered it and you can tick it off. But if you are doing cross-curricular work, it can be trickier to uh, work out what coverage you've done and also um whether the children have understood it and whether they've they've um learnt what you want them to learn so a few things to keep track of your curriculum really is your whole school planning and you need to make sure that the national curriculum is covered in that whole school planning but also you need to remember that the national curriculum has been really slimmed down So actually, the coverage is possible because, especially in the foundation subjects, there's certainly not as many objectives to cover or or programmes of study to cover as there used to be. So it is possible to cover those in your curriculum planning and also have room to be a little bit more creative in what you're doing and think about what you want the children to learn and how you want to teach them. I think there's a real benefit of that approach in terms of keeping that momentum going. I remember sometimes teaching a science lesson one week where you'd plan an investigation, carry out the investigation the following week, and it felt like you'd lost some of that momentum. So I think with what you're talking about in terms of immersing them in a subject... Um, you can keep that momentum and also progression going if you're doing it in a short space of time. Yeah, and also you can pick up on children's interests as well because sometimes if you are teaching a session like science, something will come out of it and you'll cover something different to what you were planning. You'll cover your planned objectives and skills, but also there might be some misunderstanding or um, some extra learning that the children actually want to do through that science investigation. So... It's important to sort of keep a track of that coverage and what you've actually done in the lesson. So basically, if you are going to monitor coverage, you almost need to monitor it day to day. And you can either keep a track of coverage by ticking off the skills and objectives that you're teaching day to day and making sure that you've covered it all. Or you can use a tracking system that can help you do that, can help you monitor your coverage. But it's also important to think about coverage does come from your long-term planning as well because your long-term planning should have opportunities to visit and revisit programmes of study throughout the key stages, especially in the foundation subjects. So it's important that the coverage is in the long-term planning and then you are delivering those sessions and monitoring that that you are delivering all the things that you've planned to do. I think subject leaders can come into that as well and really take ownership of if you're the science coordinator or the science leader, um, you can have that overview. If you've got a whole school plan, whole school coverage check, it just gives you the reassurance if you're leading a subject that you know it's being covered all the way through school. Okay, so what if um, what if the curriculum, uh, if a school feels a curriculum is, there are specific areas where they are lacking coverage, uh, in certain subjects um, and they don't fit naturally into curriculum topics, what can they do then? Okay, so certain subjects that don't naturally fit into curriculum topics, flexibility is key here. So where a school's curriculum lacks balance or coverage in any one subject or particular area, they could um, map ahead for specialist weeks or days to address these gaps and boost coverage. 
Um, teachers could have weeks or days which focus on um, some of these particular subject areas like the science, arts, technology, geography, history, RE or even PE. Um, I think RE is brilliant for that example because I think we've all worked with science weeks and DT weeks and they're brilliant, they work really well but um, RE is a subject close to my heart <laughs> that I've thought a lot about over the last few years. And I think specialist days or weeks around festival times would be a brilliant way to bring RE to life. And it might not actually fit in with your curriculum. And I think we've all been there where we've tried to crowbar in subjects sometimes to try and fit them into to our teaching. Whereas actually, if you do, like Laura says, timetable and planning some time to do those extras, um, a day for RE around a festival time, bringing in some visitors, having a visit, making some um, artefacts or exploring some holy books. That's a really interesting way of bringing it to life without feeling as though you're having to make tenuous links. Yeah, and it's a great memorable experience for children as well, something that they'll remember. Assessment is also an important factor um, in order to ensure coverage. Be it ongoing or summative assessment, it enables teachers to monitor gaps and keep track of what's being taught in their curriculum. Um, and in terms of assessment, it's important that all subjects have status within the curriculum. So yes, English and maths should be assessed in more depth and more frequently, but not exclusively. It's important that the foundation subjects feature. And it's important to think about what you are assessing, because if you have planned your whole curriculum and you've thought about the skills you're teaching and the knowledge you're actually teaching... That's the, that's the basis of your assessment for your foundation subjects. Um, it's where you get your um, outcomes from and then you can assess the outcomes. And then if you have got gaps in your learning, then it's about changing your planning, adding extra activities in to try and make sure that the children's knowledge is sound before they move on. Yeah. Assessment allows teachers to revisit the timetable and the planning in order to fill those gaps in coverage yeah and everything's flexible I think the point is that your timetabling is flexible and it should be working for the children and for what they need to be doing does does trying to make the curriculum broad and balanced make it easier to get coverage or or more difficult or just the same I think it could be harder if you haven't done the planning at first, I think the key thing that we've said over th through these podcasts is the thinking really needs to be done first. So it, you could fail to get good coverage if you're just turning up every week and teaching something that you want to do. If you're not very keen on ICT or whatever, it's easy to leave those things out. So I think a broad curriculum gives children a much, much better experience but it requires a lot of planning to make sure that you have covered everything you need to cover and you're giving children what they need. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Um, if you would like to subscribe to the show, which we would very much like, uh, you can do that in Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts on Android, which means that you get episodes downloaded straight to your phone. You don't have to worry about going to our website or, or, uh, or you don't have to remember when the next one's coming out. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd love you to share it and tell other people about it, especially maybe your colleagues at work, uh, in school. Um, if you're on social media, feel free to share it there too. That'd be fantastic. Um, if you enjoy the show, please leave a review because that really helps get the word out about the podcast. Um, if you want to find out more about Cornerstones, 
including our curriculum and various other products, you can do that at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk. You can find out more about the podcast, including how to subscribe at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk slash podcast. And we still would love to hear uh, your feedback and uh, any ideas for topics or things you'd like us to talk about. Uh, You can email podcasts at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk or just say hello and tell us on Twitter where we are at cornerstoneseDU. That's it. Thanks for listening.